0: So before I get started, I asked the one and only Grayson to shake up this bottle. Now, it was going to be Dr. Pepper, but I forgot to run to the gas station this morning, so it's fine. All right. You guys can all <laughs> Yeah. All right. So when I came down to visit Hillcrest back in May, I forgot when it was, uh, one of the first questions Mike asked me was, Brendan, what's your favorite baseball team? St. Louis Cardinals, and he let out a little sigh of, I was like, does 2011 still hurt, 2011 World Series, like, yeah. So one of the things I realized is that one of the most dangerous questions I've heard is, Brendan, who do you root for? Especially in Texas, if you talk to Mickey, he's like, oh yeah, Texas Longhorns, I told him my favorite college team, and it wasn't wasn't good. (laughs) Anyways, before I get started, let's pray real quick, and then I'll, I'll jump right in. Dearly Father, thank you for the day, God. Thank you for Hillcrest. Thank you for uh, letting us all be here today. God, uh, be with those who are affected by the El Paso shootings and the Dayton shootings and all the other prayer requests that are on the list, God, and the other prayer requests that aren't aren't on the list. God, I thank you for all that you do. Lord, we love you. I pray this in your name. Amen. So, another one of the most dangerous things I've heard is, "Oh, you don't need your GPS. You can follow me." And I'm like, "Huh." You can follow me. So I just moved up to St. Louis for college, and I didn't know the interstate system yet. And so there's 270 that wraps around St. Louis. There's 70 that runs east and west, 170 that's north and south in St. Louis. And I had a friend go, yeah, we're going to Chick-fil-A. I was like, yes, Chick-fil-A, yes. He goes, yeah, just follow me. And I go, oh, okay." I got lost. I had a minister friend of mine say, oh, we're going to go to this barbecue place. Just follow me. And he zoomed down the interstate before I was even on the interstate like, well, that's fun. So I figured, you know, you need a GPS, right? So another dangerous thing, just like mine and Mike's conversation of was my favorite baseball team, hockey team, let's go blues. I was so excited when they won. So yeah. So that was one of the first conversations I had with Mike, and it was awesome, and uh, we continue having great conversations. So one of the things was follow me. I'm like, Why would I follow somebody that I just met in college or if someone tells me, oh, you should root for the sports team. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not going to just follow a random team or a random person I just met. Well, you know, there's plenty of times in the Bible where that happens. They follow a random person they just met. For instance, Matthew. So I'm going to read Matthew chapter 9, 9 through 13. You guys want to turn there. (laughs) Are you getting tired, Grayson? (laughs) You got it. You got this, man. All right, so as Jesus passed from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, the the Matthew's house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I've come to call the righteous, or not to call the righteous, but sinners. And I was reading that, I was like, this random dude, Matthew, sees Jesus, hears about Jesus, and goes, yeah, I'm going to follow him, leaves everything. Now, what was really interesting about Matthew, he's a tax collector. And people didn't like tax collectors very much. It's kind of like the modern day, like, Phone scam people, you know, you get a random call. It's like your car's warranty or IRS or whatever. Those people, anyway. So Matthew is sitting here at a sex collectors booth, waiting for people to come by. Like, oh, you owe me fifty pennies. You owe me three quarters. Whatever, right? And Jesus sees him and goes, "Follow me." Matthew literally leaves his booth and just follows. He's like, what in the world? Leaves everything behind. It was super weird. It was really interesting. Before this. And other, uh, I think it's a loop. It talks about more of a background as, as Matthew sees this or hears this. So before this passage, Jesus, he was a paralytic man. And it was really awesome. It was one of the first miracles. It was really cool to see. And he was by a lake. So Matthew's tax collector booth was at a lake. And people would drive across the lake, boat, whatever. And he would get money. So as Jesus passed up from there, he saw a man called Matthew, right? All right. So we're going to flip over. Matthew 19 16 through 22 real quick and behold a man came to him saying teacher what good deed must I do to have eternal life and he said to him why do you ask me about about what is good there's only one who is good if you would enter life keep the commandments and he said to him which ones and Jesus said you shall not murder you shall not steal you shall not bear false witness honor your father and, mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So I'm going to pause right there for a second. So Jesus is telling this rich young ruler, all these things that follow, don't murder, don't steal, don't cheat, honor your father and mother. I think I said that, father and mother. And he's, I feel like he was checking off boxes. Like, yeah, okay, okay, I did that. So in Sunday school today, we were talking about how you may get a list from your parents or something when you are a kid, like do all these chores, like mow the grass, do the dishes, fold laundry, I got those lists, and I hated it. So it was a little checkbox. He's like, all right, all right, I got this, I got this. It's all good, it's all good. So Jesus keeps going and says, there, sorry, verse 20. The young man said to him, all these things I've kept, what do I still lack? Jesus said, if you would be perfect, go. Sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Now this follow me is the same follow me that Matthew heard when Jesus said, get up and follow me. So, keep reading a little bit. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowfully, for he had great possessions. And then Jesus goes on to say about the, it's easier for a camel, or sorry, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get to heaven. But this rich young man was crying because he had to give up his possessions. Other than Matthew, who was just like, yep, I'll give up the sex collector booth, I'll follow this random dude and these however many other disciples there were. So one of the main things here is when you follow Jesus, life changes. We see Matthew's life change. In fact, you see it from that passage in Matthew 9. He invites all of his tax collector friends and all the other sinners. He's like, guys, come follow this Jesus dude. Come eat with us. We're in Texas, right? So barbecue. I'm imagining this huge barbecue feast, like a whole pig and whatever else. Come, come eat. Let's hear about this Jesus guy. So the whole reason I asked Grayson to shake up this bottle can I see it? Oh, will give it a little extra. Is that whenever you shake, uh, I wish it was Dr. Pepper, but you can see bubbles, you can see all this change. Now if I open it up, <laughs> I'm not going to open it up. <laughs> you can still see the change. You still see bubbles if I open it. It sprays everywhere. Now if you do this with a water bottle, I can shake it up, and you see a little bit of bubbles, but nothing. Right? There's nothing there. Shake it up more, you're like, oh, maybe it'll change. Nothing. If I open it up, nothing explodes. Some water droplets came out. I'm sorry. (laughs) But, now why is this? Why is it, it's like the rich young ruler, keeps the commandments, follows, here's what Jesus says, loves his neighbor, whatever else, but nothing changes. Matthew, on the other hand, follows Jesus, leaves his tax collector booth, leaves everything behind to follow Jesus, and there's change in his life. That's what if you guys aren't paying attention or whatever else, the one thing I want is when you follow Jesus, life changes. There's other examples in this book, too. For instance, uh, last week we talked about Joseph, Joseph's life changed. We have talked about Paul in Sunday school. Paul's life changed. He was a murderer, and now he's one of the greatest apostles. And all this stuff. Jesus wants our lives to change when we follow him. He doesn't just want the, oh, I go to church. I read his Bible while I'm at church. I pray, I take communion, I do all these things, I'm good. Just like Mike was saying in the communion meditation. I'm good, I got all of this, and there's no life change there, right? Life change is whether, like, for instance, I lived in Illinois for 18 years, now I live in Texas. Maybe God's calling you to go take a mission trip. Maybe he's calling you into ministry. Maybe he's calling you to talk to that one coworker that you really don't like. To go, be like, hey, let's go get some sushi or something, let's go get food and hang out. Jesus calls those who you don't expect to make a big change. You could expect this rich young ruler to use his money to make a huge impact. Instead, Jesus tells him to sell all of that. And he doesn't want to. He goes away crying. Matthew, on the other hand, tax collector, gives up everything he has to follow Jesus to make a huge impact for the kingdom. And you keep reading that in the the Gospels. And Luke, he's called Levi, and he's inviting all of his friends. He's, guys, come here. Come do this. Come listen to Jesus. And these Pharisees are like, why are you doing this? Why, are you, why is your teacher eating with these people? And he goes on, Jesus says, it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. Now, we can't do this by ourselves. We need Jesus to make our lives change. One of my favorite scriptures when I was a kid. I'm still kind of a kid. (laughs) Isaiah 6-8. And we're going to wrap up with this. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I send and who shall go for us? And I said, here am I. Send me. Isaiah's like, God, I'll go. I'll go do all this thing. like, I want my life to change. I want to do all this stuff. So I'm going to read the first part of it. And then whenever I stop, I want you guys to say, here I am. Send me, I'll pray, and the worship team will come back up. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Alright, let's try that one more time. Alright, I want that kind of like Emmanuel thing, right? Okay. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send, and who will go for us? And then I said, Alright, let's pray. Dearly Father, thank you for this day, God. Thank you for letting me have the chance to speak here. God, I thank you for the examples of life changing in the Bible, whether it's Matthew or John or Paul or anyone in the Old Testament, Lord. God, I thank you for what you do here in Texas. God, like I said earlier, I'm praying for the ones in El Paso and Dayton. God, be with all the prayer requests that are on that list. God, be with the ones that aren't on the list, Lord, and help us, our lives change for you, God. In jesus wonderful name, I pray. Amen.